If there is somebody that you know of, maybe like an extended family member that you know was kind of just getting started or maybe had bigger hopes and dreams and they didn't really get to see them realized, I think how wonderful for you to do it and they can live through you. Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. I do believe that we carry with us our generational wounds. I did a TED talk. If you guys remember in 2017, talking about this very idea, how literally the mitochondrial DNA does not change. We hold within it, our thoughts, our emotions, and so much more carry down generation after generation. So if you're stuck dealing with superwoman syndrome, not sure what's next, This is an episode that you will love, and I encourage you to read Elizabeth's book, and hopefully that will bring you the answers. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we're determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And keeping that theme in mind, I'm so pleased to bring you something that is a little bit different than what we usually talk about. We usually dig deep in chemistry and hormones and all kinds of stuff, physiology. Sometimes your head probably spins, but this time we're actually going to talk about your career. That's right. Joining me today is Elizabeth Pearson. She's an executive coach and author of Career Confinement. She specializes in getting leaders unstuck so they can achieve their highest goals in all aspects of life. We might actually need you. Throughout her 13-year sales career, she has built brands such as Vitamin Water and Coca-Cola, as well as managed national accounts such as Amazon, Target, Whole Foods, Walmart, and others. Not a small potato for sure. Elizabeth parlays her corporate and entrepreneurial success into her coaching of powerhouse leaders in the C-suite and entrepreneurial position. She lives in California with her husband and her children. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about career wellness today because I definitely think that it plays into overall happiness. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because so many times, you know, people think that there's something wrong with them or they're going crazy or they just feel stuck and they take it out either in their habits, right? So they try to find pleasure through maybe sugar or salt or some sort of wine, alcohol, you name it, or they take it out on their relationships. But a lot of times we got to dig deep and make sure we're really living in our authenticity and really doing the work we love to do in an environment that works with us. And I think it's so hard to figure that out. I feel incredibly blessed and fortunate because I get to feel like that every single day. I feel like I'm doing important, you know, relevant work, you know, the dollar sign at the end of it doesn't really drive me to be hundred percent honest. It's more the work that drives me and everything else kind of follows. Whereas I look at other people and they dread going in, they're ticking down like how many years till they can get out of this particular situation. A lot of my, actually my med school colleagues are like that because they're in situations that are not fulfilling. So that's a really long winded and you're hearing my voice more than yours, which is not the intention of this, but, but I just think that this is so important. So I'm so glad you're joining us to talk about uh, this very, very important concept. 
Yeah. It's so interesting. There are so many clients that I have, especially in like the medical and the legal fields who have invested so much time and money going down a certain path. And then a few of them have gotten to the place where it's not necessarily maybe a dream that they had for themselves. It might've been a dream that their parents had or some external conditioning was kind of like brought on them and taught them to go down. And a lot of times we can feel like our, like our careers are like a one way road. And if you've gone down to a certain length, it almost seems impossible to turn around and go find another path or another direction. So I think it's really great to at least bring it into the awareness of people that like, Hey, if you don't feel really fulfilled and you're having Sunday scaries and you're kind of dreading certain parts of your day, then you really should have some way to evaluate if that is still meeting the standards that you had for your life. I think that, you know, when we're young, we think we can do anything. I call it the 22 year old self. You know, what did that person want to do? Because they probably thought they could just run through a brick wall. But as you kind of go throughout your career, you can start to take, you know, these little consolation prizes, like, well, maybe I'm not going to, you know, be a rock star, but I can play that you know, in the band on the weekend or something like that. And that's, you know, like all sorts of different things. Maybe you wanted to be a VP by the time you were 35 and that didn't really happen. And now you're just kind of like feeling like you're plateaued. And I think that's when our soul starts to feel restless, Dr. Taz. Like, Mm. I think that that's that stirring. It's like, you want to distract yourself because if you were to sit in that space for a while, you probably wouldn't like what you hear. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. Well, how do we figure out, and you're so right, like people that have done medicine or dentistry or, or law, like they've invested so many resources and time into these professions. I mean, doctors don't make money for eight to 12 years into their education. And it's such a, it's such a sort of, not a scam, that's not the right word, but so defeating to come out and be like, really, that's what this is to be in this mill and not be able to like, you know, really have any individuality or express yourself. You know, how do we help, anyone out there listening and if they're sending it to somebody that they love, and I can think of about five people that I want to send this to, but how do we help them first of all, understand that they're stuck? How can they even identify that they're stuck? What's the first step in that? I think the first step is to look through some aspects of your life and identify where you may feel comfortable. I like to say that your comfort zone can be a cage. So even if it's, you know, maybe what you're doing physically, maybe your workout is kind of stagnant. Maybe you get on the Peloton for 30 minutes and then that's that, you know what I mean? You're just kind of checking a box. I think that as souls, when we decide to come down and manifest in these bodies, we want to have new experiences and new experiences are usually stepping out of our comfort zone, doing things that are different, embracing change. So if you're just kind of checking a box in any area of your life, I think that it's really good to kind of go through and evaluate whether or not you could be stretching yourself. You know, we don't want to encourage people to like burn out, you know, like you don't have to be doing everything all the time. That is not going to dictate your worth. But I do think there are probably some areas of our life where we know that we're, we've started compromising over the years. Um, Maybe even the last two years with the pandemic, maybe Mm -hmm. we gave up something that we used to really enjoy. I know as a woman, I really need to socialize with other women. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first things that went, you know, off the list when the pandemic hit. And I feel like it's kind of hard to get back in the groove of like seeing people out, holding to plans. There's memes everywhere about how great it feels to cancel plans. And Mm -hmm. I get it. I love to cancel plans every once in a while too. But I think that that is going to make you ultimately feel isolated, which is going to make you feel stuck. Mm -hmm. 
So I think really start to kind of go through different areas of your life and see where you may be a little comfortable. Maybe it's in your relationship. Maybe you're not treating your partner like somebody you really value or you want to date anymore. Maybe it's just, you know, that you've fallen into a routine. And I don't think that you have to make big, massive changes. I think that maybe it's just a date night every other week. Maybe it's switching up your workout. Maybe it is joining a networking group. Maybe it's these different things that just kind of like stretch you a little bit. And I think you're going to see how good it feels that you're going to want to take it even further. I like that advice because I think so, so often people get into a fixed mindset, not a growth mindset, right? And they, this is the way we need to do things, but what would you say to the folks? And again, I know I'm think I can see faces right now, but what would you say to the people who are just responsible? They're like super responsible. They are the financial breadwinner for their family, male or female, you know, their income determines, you know, what, what happens or how the family plays out you know, to make a detour and make a change, even a small change seems daunting because taking one step off whichever treadmill they're on just feels like a step into a ditch or into a big abyss. Like how, how do you help them? I call them our nurturers because they're just super responsible. It's all about the family. They're not going to take risks. They're very risk averse. Like, what do we do for them? I think that ultimately your biggest obligation is to yourself. And it's to be happy and it's to be fulfilled and it's to model for your family and friends that it's possible and that you don't have to over-sacrifice or succumb to these external conditions. I would really look at how much you might be using your family as an excuse. Now, some of your listeners are going to say, hey, I have very real (laughs) things, Um, especially as moms. I've definitely used my kids as an excuse many times. They're the perfect excuse. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they want a mom who's happy. They Mm -hmm. want a mom who does feel like she isn't trapped, that she can do anything. And I think first acknowledging that, that that is our only purpose in life. I, I, that's my belief. Our Mm -hmm. only purpose is to enjoy our experience down here and to be present with our loved ones and ourselves. And so if you are checking a box eight to 12 hours a day and a job that you don't really love, you might have to do that in the interim, but that should not be a dead end. You can make a strategic plan. Like I took five years to really get finances in order before I walked away from my career and decided, you know what, I want to start my own business. So I, I needed a universal catalyst, right. To kind of like push me off the edge of the diving board, if you will. But I also knew how to swim once I was in the pool. So don't be reckless. Don't just go say, you know what? Like Beyonce, like quit your job. You know, we're just going to quit our jobs. We're going to figure it out. That's going to cause more chaos. And that's actually probably going to make you more stressed to your family. But I do think that you should have a belief that you can change. And then you should either work with a coach or get a resource like the book, something that can help you make small steps on that path. And I do believe that the ground will rise up to meet you each step forward you take. So I always tell people, forget how you don't have to understand how right now it's like, there's like metaphors million here, but it's like when you're driving a car in a fog, you know, the headlights will show you as far as you need to go, but ultimately you can still get to your destination. So try to dial down some of the pressure on, I have to see the entire path. I have to have everything planned out and figure out how to get to the end. I think you just need to start taking small action. And, you know, I'm super woo woo, right? I think ancestral support is there. I think your ancestors are watching and it's almost like a video game. They can see us and they want to, they want us to win. They're trying, they're helping us. 
but we do have to ask. I think you have to verbalize what you need help with and you need to talk to your friends and your partners and your family. Hey guys, I'm thinking about doing this and I really need your unwavering support. Can you help me stay on track? You know, enlist, enlist them. Kids are another great one, man. Kids love to remind you of things you said, promises you made, good or bad. So you can say, you know, um, I, I like to set goals each week with my kids on Sunday night. I said, mommy needs to meditate every day this week. It's going to be really hard and I haven't been doing it. But Dr. Taz, they have been every day. Did you meditate? You know, they, they check up. So you can get this little support squad yeah. around you, physical yeah. and non-physical to help you on the path. I love all of those points. I think that's so important. The biggest one I'm hearing loud and clear, and maybe it's because it resonates personally a little bit, is the isolation, right? The tendency to, for many leaders and many people that are just in a career that's very demanding to isolate. I mean, I said, I say no, sorry guys, I say no to girls' nights all the time. And that's simply because, you know, I always feel there's a lot of guilt, right? I've been gone, I've been busy, I've been distracted, I need to be home. If I'm not working, I need to be home, you know? And I don't know that that's good for my soul necessarily. And, you know, recently a group of friends, despite me being like that, a group of friends uh, were so gracious to take me away and celebrate my birthday recently. And it was just like soul filling, you know? Yes. So it's just, you know, these relationships are important, but I still fall back into these traps of, of isolation and being alone. And it's a dangerous place to be for some leaders. That's where some of the very you know, challenging behavior start to set in. So I, I hear like, don't isolate, build that community, whatever that community needs to look like a coach, your, your own personal family, your friends, uh, mentors, all of that. And even my husband just came back from, he's a dentist, runs his practices, just came back from a conference where he met, you know, other like-minded people that were maybe 10 years ahead of him, others that were 10 years behind him. And it was so soul filling for him to hear like all the different perspectives. I think isolation is a big way we stay in our cage. What are other ways that we subconsciously stay in our cages and don't move from that fixed mindset to a growth mindset? Yeah. I think we buy into a lot of the lies. And when I say lies, I think it's a lot of external conditioning that we get from a young age. Um, somebody might've said something to us. I, I have so many women who are like in C-suite and they're like so incredible, but one jerk made an offhand comment to them, you know, 10 years ago. And it is really stuck with them, mm. you know, that like maybe they, um, are too bold when they speak or they come off as aggressive or, you know, things like this. And then these women hold on to this. It's like our brain takes a snapshot of something that was said. It's like a micro trauma. And then we use that as you know, the shield from kind of like coming out and being visible for the rest of our career. So I, I always tell people, examine the lies that you're telling yourself. A lot of times, this is what plays into that fixed mindset doctor, where it's like, oh, but I'm not a good public speaker. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I, I'm not this. And then it can be really good to write them down. Like, what does that negative Nancy voice tell you all the time? What is the ticker that's going around, right? Or I'm going to be a bad mom if I go out to girls' night. My kids actually need me more, right? Um, all of these things. I'll be selfish if I do this, or I'm greedy if I ask for more money in my job, things like this. And then I say, tell yourself a new lie, right? So thoughts that we have become beliefs. Once they become beliefs, we start acting in a certain way and that will manifest in our physical reality. So if you can just examine some of the lies 
that are really untrue and then start telling yourself something else. And that can feel like an affirmation. Um, but one of the ways, one of the three proven ways you can um, rewire your subconscious mind is with re repetition. So uh, affirmations will work if you do them enough. Also, I love EFT tapping. Mm -hmm. If anybody's familiar, I'm sure you're familiar. Yeah. Uh, so great. And then hypnotherapy is the third. Mm -hmm. So if, if you have a specific block and you can pinpoint it and you've done, you feel like you've done everything, go see a hypnotherapist. Like I always say, what's the harm? What is the downside of this? I highly doubt you're going to try one of these modalities and get nothing of benefit from it. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I talk about hypnosis all the time for trauma release and for yeah. many different medical conditions. It's interesting to think about it just in terms of us getting stuck and not being able to move forward too. I think that's incredible. And EFT, we, we love here. We love EFT. It's such a great, it's so tool. good. It's so good. I feel like not enough people know about it yet. We have to like scream it. I know. I know. I feel it. And it's an easy one. You don't have to yeah. run around town for an appointment. It's super easy. Totally. All right, let's talk about another um, big thing with career confinement. Again, one many of us have experienced the hustle and yeah. sort of the, you know, trying to the grind, right? The hustle and the grind, trying to like really, if I work super hard, if I work extra hard, I'm going to get ahead, that type of thing. What's wrong with that mentality? Well, I think there's two things wrong with that mentality. One is spiritual and one is professional. If we start with spiritual, I think anytime we try to really will something to be, we're actually being resistant to life as it is right now. And I think when you're going to manifest and have an open energy flow, you actually really need to just be at peace and surrender with whatever's going on in your life at this moment. It doesn't mean you accept it, right? It's like if you had a flat tire on the side of the road, maybe you wouldn't love it, um, but you would, you would accept it for what it is, but you don't have to like it. You don't have right. to co-sign for it, right? So right. you could say, I'm in a bad situation at work. I don't love it but I do accept that this is what it is right now. I'm not going to be resistant to it because I liken it to driving a car with a parking brake on, right? You can really, like you could really, you could still go forward. You could grind, you could push your way forward, but you're going to wreck the car in doing it. Instead, just put down the emergency brake, right? Just like let it coast, let it flow. Energetically, things will flow to you. You don't have to push. When you push, it actually blocks. And then on a professional level, I think a lot of times when we grind and hustle, we're actually sending the opposite message that we want to, to leadership. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you guys, with me, the examples have always been men. You know, men have said, I'm on vacation and I'm not answering emails yeah. or I won't do this. And we respected that. It was like, wow, okay. There was almost this air of confidence. So I think sometimes when women or anybody overcompensates and they start like burning the candle at both ends, it actually makes you look a little unorganized. It makes you a little, it makes you look a little less competent. Um, it makes you a little like scattered is a way that it could come off. So I think having really firm boundaries are actually what's going to help you progress more than just running on the hamster wheel faster. Wow. Okay. So firm boundaries, give us examples, like yeah. on vacations, not yeah. emails after a certain time. Um, yeah. what are some, I've got some amazing people on my team and they are trying to hustle and grind, even though I try to stop them, but yeah. how do I, like, what specifics can I give them? Well, I definitely think that you need to calendar block. So you need to have specific times when 
it's focus time, you know, and, and statistically you can see two 90 minute, like focal focus sprints, what they're called. You can get so much more done. You can be so much more effective than just being chained to your computer for 10 to 12 hours a day. It's great to take 90 minute sprints and then take a 30 minute break, go outside, put your bare feet in the grass, get some grounding, something like that to kind of counteract it. And then I also think it's really great, especially for women. I love how, you know, Zoom and virtual rooms have made things so, um, you know, accessible for us. But I don't know about you, like putting makeup on every single day to be on a Zoom, you know, can be tiring. So I think it's okay to say, I'm going to have no Zoom Mondays. They're going to be like old school conference calls, or it's going to be video, like cameras off you know, and, and do that. And for God's sake, take your lunch. Like it's okay to block out an out minimum of an hour a day to get up and leave. As you know, they say what sitting is the new smoking, Mm -hmm. like sitting all day is terrible for you. And so I think those are the basic boundaries, but also if you're a leader, don't be the person who's sending an email out at 3am, you know, schedule it to go out during business hours, because then you're really teaching the people who work for you that you're giving them the approval to not do it as well. And I think encouraging them to have boundaries just makes you look like a very strong, confident leader as well. Yeah. I was incredibly guilty of all of that in the early years. I'm 14. We all are. Yeah. I became known for my, cause the babies were young. So I would wait for them to go to bed, then stay up late and do yeah. all my emailing. So they're like, wait, no 4am emails today. <laughs> you know, like, oh right. My. Right. And I think, yeah. you know, that's a situation where you could say, listen, my hours are going to be off, but I don't expect you right. to be accessible during Honestly. this time. Okay. Right. Or if you're like, if you're on the road and you have a different time zone, no problem. But right. I think it's just, you know, you need to have like, the transparency with the team, that this is not the expectation for them. Definitely. Okay. You also talk in your book, Career Confinement, about being your own publicist. Tell me about that. I think one area that maybe we could use a little bit more hustle is self-promotion. And I think a lot of people assume that unless you have your own business or unless you have a book you're pushing or something like that, that it's, you know, it's okay to not be on podcasts. It's okay to not be writing articles. And I couldn't disagree more. Um, Mm -hmm. So many clients that I work with, we talk about their personal branding and they aren't business owners. You know, they are climbing the corporate ladder. But I always say, you know, if you go to the store and you see like a pint of private label vanilla ice cream, and then you see a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, the ingredients at the core are pretty much the same, but the packaging of one is very different. Mm-hmm. So if you have a LinkedIn, you've been ignoring for the last five years, you are the private label, right? And that's going to be what they'll pay for you. Mm-hmm. If you've been writing articles for LinkedIn and you are positioning yourself as a subject matter expert, and you're commenting on other people's posts and you know, you're submitting yourself, like you can go to Podbooker, which is great. You can create a free profile on Podbooker. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are a subject matter expert in like securities you know, or anything like that. People want to have you on as a guest. And I think it's wonderful to expand your horizons and be more visible because at the end of the day, you will be more valuable to your organization. And if they don't recognize it, somebody else will see it and bring you over and pay you more to go work for them. Wow. Okay. So stay after your own own performance, blast your accomplishments. It's okay. I love that. I think that's great. What about this one? Your spiritual board of advisors. What is that? Are constantly sending you message of support and guidance. 
I know. So you're going to have to bear with me here. Um, This is for, this is deeply spiritual. That's what I say too. I'm like everybody who was like, I pitched this, you know, this book was rejected 43 times because publishers wanted me to either be spiritual or be career. And I said, it's a blend. It's, it's not, you know, um, Lioncrest finally came to the table, but it was like, oh, they just didn't really get it. But I think that this spiritual board of advisors these are your ancestors. This is, you know, the 75% of you that is non-physical. If you want to call it your spirit or your soul, I think that we have angel guides. I think there is a whole team of people in this non-physical space, this other realm who are constantly sending us messages, but we're never going to hear them. If we always have earbuds in, if we're always overthinking things, if we're always in front of the TV. So I say, you know, obviously after you listen to this episode, don't turn it off yet. But if you're on your morning walk with your dog, try to just not have anything in and just see what comes, what surfaces. If you're in the car, immediately don't turn on the radio or call somebody, just sit with your feelings. You can do so many things that are meditations. Um, Thich Nhat Hung used to do walking meditations where you just walk very intentionally and slowly. You know, I, I don't think that we need to have an ashram in our backyard to summon these messages. I think we just have to look for them. And one way that I always advocate for is to come up with some angel signs. So in the book, I, you know, talk about my sightings with orange buses, orange Mm. buses are now my angel sign. Whenever I feel down on myself or the, the lies, you know, start coming through, I ask to see a bus. I say, you know what, show me the VW bus. And then you wouldn't believe, I mean, my Instagram is filled with angel sightings, but I will just get bombarded with them and clients too. It's like the first thing we do, we have to pick some angel signs. So do you have an angel sign? No, but I will now. So, but I'll tell you this, which has been interesting to me the last couple of months, every time I reach for the phone, it's repetitive numbers. Like, Oh, oh that's absolutely it. an angel sign. Yeah. Yes. So like, what's going on there? What, do you see a certain pattern more than others? Yeah. Is there the 11, 11, like the ones that's like expansion. Oh yeah. That's like, okay, we're here. We're trying to get through. We're trying to get your attention, but that is usually soul alignment. That means, you know, you can kind of sit back and feel comfortable that you're where you're supposed to be. Willowsoul.com is a great website where you can just plug in the numbers that you see. Um, Oh yes. Yeah. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. I'll include it, but um, you can go and you can look up like 222 is expansion. Um, 444 is angels are with you. So once you start kind of familiarizing yourself with those, you'll start to see them. But I had a client once who said, you know, I want to see a double purple Mohawk, right? She was skeptic. Right. And I was like, okay, you just wait, we're going to see it. And sure enough, the next day I was at the Santa Monica pier and I saw a performer, like a street performer with two purple Mohawks. And I took the picture and I sent it to her and I go, here you go, Kelly, this is it. And she goes, well, I didn't see it. So it doesn't count. And I'm like, you're looking at the picture on your phone, aren't you? I'm like, yes. Like I tell people to, at the end of every chapter in this book, I say, what's the harm, right? What is the harm in believing that you have a spiritual board of advisors trying to help you? I see zero downside and it's only upside. And those ancestors who came over and did things that created opportunities for you that they never had. I mean, by gosh, they want to see you succeed. So they're going to do everything they can. You just have to like ask for the help. Okay. So let's go into this ancestral stuff. Cause I'm a huge believer too. And ancestral trauma coming through ancestral yeah. chemistry coming through, um, uh, some of that we know through genetics, but 
what's happening there exactly? I haven't studied it. It sounds like you have talked to us yeah. for a second about what's happening there. Well, I could dive in real deep. I, I need it. to, yeah. I need to like, well, I need to like learn a little bit more, but I yeah. just, I feel like with the ancestral karma, a lot of times, um, I don't know about you. I've got two grandmothers who've passed, you know, I call them the dead grannies. Mm-hmm. And I think that there were a lot of things that they wanted to do in their lives that they just didn't get to do. So if there is somebody that you know of, maybe like an extended family member that you know was kind of just getting started or maybe had bigger hopes and dreams and they didn't really get to see them realized, I think how wonderful for you to do it and they can live through you. Mm. So my paternal grandmother was an entrepreneur, right? And she ended up dying, you know, early sixties of cancer and stuff. And I just thought, wow, you know, I think that she would love it that I moved from Missouri to California, you know, I'm living by the ocean. She saw the ocean once in her life, like, you know, and now when I go to the oceans with my, the ocean with my kids, um, I think of her and I know that she's there with us and I know that she's experiencing it. So I feel like it can be a great motivator, you know, ask your parents, ask your family about some of your ancestors. What were their dreams? Did they, did they come here with an intention? We all came from somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, what did they want to do? And then maybe work that into part of your dream. And then as you hit those milestones, give the, give them credit, you know, like I have a whole chapter in the book about them. Like, I think they love being in print, you know, like I think you can talk about them, post them on your social. I think that they're here with us as much as we want them to be. Wow. So crazy. So my grandfather, uh, died when he was, I think in his early forties, my mom was only maybe mm. 16 years old or something like that. So obviously I never met him and she still has trauma to this day about him and is very like, she can't watch a movie when, you know, the dad dies or things like that. So it sounds like it was horrific for all of them, but I didn't know until recently, first of all, he was an entrepreneur. He was a businessman, small businessman in India. Um, but he kept an entire kind of area of the flat dedicated to natural remedies. And I didn't, I didn't know this. I had no idea. So apparently my mom like was saying, and she never shared this with me until recently, but she was like, oh yeah, he had bottles of stuff like homeopathic remedies, herbs that he would grow on his own, trying to, you know, like play with them and see what would work and what would not. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know? So anyhow, it's kind of eerie, right? It's like, so I think it's amazing. And I don't think that there's any coincidences. I don't think there's accidents. There's, I don't think there's any mistakes. I don't believe in coincidences. I think good or bad things are happening in a way that's for our highest good. And obviously learning that not, I mean, absolutely is going to help fulfill you and you're going to be doing things now with him in mind, right? Like I get to do these things And because of you, there were no doubt choices that he made that set up this, you know, progression for your parents and you. And so how lovely to be able to honor him back and, and maybe take some more risks than you would have before. We talk about, you know, kind of like keeping it in the comfort zone and taking risks, man. I bet if we could have one conversation with them, they would just be like waving the green flags, like go for it, like whatever you want, go for it. Oh, I love that. So I love that. So it's angel signs and we can pick them like we can. Yes. I think it's great. If you do have kids, it's great to have them come up with some, cause I think they're the closest to source energy still. I don't know that they've been totally, you know, I don't know that their memory is totally gone of it, but right. I think it can be something really random, something obscure. Like one of my clients said, uh, okay, glittery mushroom. 
right? Like where did that come from? You know, I I don't know. I think it's gotta be obscure enough that your rational brain won't immediately dismiss it. Mm -hmm. Um, I had another client who lost both parents pretty early on and, and she was really struggling with it. And I said, what was a song your dad liked? You know, we wanted to feel her father. And she said, he loved Frank Sinatra's my way. Mm -hmm. And she was in Venice for a big uh, thing, something that takes place there every year. And she was feeling a little imposter syndrome. And she sent me a video of out her hotel, you know, room right in Venice on the water. There was a string quartet right under her window playing my way by Frank Sinatra. And I started ball and she started balling, but it was mm-hmm. like, there was no way that wasn't her dad. And then another day she went out to lunch and she was feeling really down. And I think it was like the Beverly Hills hotel. And then they like started playing my way. So it can be a song. It can be a number. It can be a thing. If you're really at a loss, feathers, repeating numbers and change like coins, um, are immediate angel signs. That's like here, we're here protecting you birds too. If, if there's a specific bird, like I have a friend who has a hawk that always comes and it's her dad who passed away from COVID. And we know that that's him. And we say, Oh, hi, Don, you know, like, and there's the hawk. You know, well, hawks but are one for me too. I've noticed that's those. protection. Ooh, birds are protection, and hawks especially are there to show you that they're protecting you. Interesting, so fascinating. Okay, let's do. We're running out of time here. Let's do yes. maybe one more trick or hack yeah. or tool that someone could use to build their spiritual board of advisors. Um, so I love Oracle decks. So anybody who doesn't have an Oracle deck, um, actually on my website, I've linked a few that I love. They're like 20 bucks on Amazon, but I think Oracle decks are another way to get messages. And what I like to do is hold the Oracle deck and really set an intention. Like, what is the message I want? What is it that I need to know right now? And then I will shuffle them pretty quickly. And I will look for what I call jumpers. Mm -hmm. So these are cards that will just kind of fall out as you're very quickly shuffling. And it could be one, it could be three but I will take those. And then the card will give you some sort of message, right? Like you're supportive or pay attention to this. And then it will come with like a little booklet and you can get more information there. But I think pulling an Oracle card, you know, you could do it daily in the morning. Um, my little girls have ones with animals on them. So it's like, it's really fun. They get into it. They love to see, you know, what the energy is for them that day. Um, but I think it's another way for the spirit world to be able to like, literally put something in your hand that you can read and say, okay, I'm going to take this today. And maybe Mm -hmm. some days you won't understand like why you got that message for that day. But usually by the end of the day or the next couple of days, you're like, oh, okay, that's why. So I love an Oracle deck. I think that you can have fun with this stuff and find different ways for them to talk to you. I love to like have flashing lights. You can ask them to start. You can say my angel sign is flashing lights. And sometimes like I'll come in my bedroom and the light will be kind of like flickering on and off, on and off. And I'll say, okay, I get it. And then it will stop. So I think that as much as you buy into it, your signals and your messages will just get stronger and stronger. Oh my gosh. I could talk about this stuff all day long. Thank you so much. So all this is in your book. Tell us about your book. Yes, it is. It's all in that in career confinement. Um, there's 13 stories of real life clients that I've worked with who felt really stuck. I mean, some of them were like super stuck and we used all these different tactics. We did a spiritual step and a professional step and we really like tried to tackle it from both sides. There's also 13 different, what I call guiding lights in there. So I don't know about you, but Eckhart Tolle and Michael Singer and all these wonderful thought leaders are so incredible, but sometimes their books, I think Eckhart Tolle had to read three different times, a new earth. I was like, what? I would reread the sentence. So it's like a cliff notes 
of these spiritual guides. So in each chapter, if you really are gravitating towards one or the other, or what would Dr. Wayne Dyer, I love it because it can be an entry point to these teachers. And then you can go buy their books or listen to some of their, you know, past speeches and then just go a little further. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. I enjoyed this so much. I'm definitely going to get my hands on your book. And if anyone else wants to get a copy or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, they can just go to elizabethpearson.com on Instagram. I'm uh, at coach.elizabeth.pearson and the book Career Confinements on Amazon. And you know, you've got some signed copies coming your way. Yay. I don't know how you don't have a book box, but it's good, coming. Good, good, good. I want one for sure. Yes. Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone else for watching and listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Hopefully you're inspired to get unstuck and take any of these tools and apply them to your regular life. Superwoman syndrome is real, it causes burnout. Hopefully this has been helpful. I'll see you guys next time.